Welcome to the Horror Babble Podcast. The Demon Spell by Hume Nisbet It was about the time when spiritualism was all the craze in England, and no party was reckoned complete without a spirit-wrapping seance being included amongst the other entertainments. One night I had been invited to the house of a friend, who was a great believer in the manifestations from the unseen world, and who had asked for my special edification a well-known trance-medium. A pretty as well as heaven-gifted girl, whom you will be sure to like, I know, he said as he asked me. I did not believe in the return of spirits, yet, thinking to be amused, consented to attend at the hour appointed. But that time I had just returned from a long sojourn abroad, and was in a very delicate state of health, easily impressed by outward influences, and nervous to a most extraordinary extent. To the hour appointed I found myself at my friend's house, and was then introduced to the sitters who had assembled to witness the phenomena. Some were strangers like myself to the rules of the table, others who were adepts, took their places at once in the order to which they had in former meetings attended. The trance-medium had not yet arrived, and while waiting upon her coming, we sat down and opened the séance with a hymn. We had just furnished the second verse when the door opened, and the medium glided in, and took her place on a vacant set by my side, joining in with the others in the last verse, after which we all sat motionless, with our hands resting upon the table, waiting upon the first manifestation from the unseen world. Now, although I thought all this performance very ridiculous, there was something in the silence and the dim light, for the gas had been turned low down, and the room seemed filled with shadows. Something about the fragile figure at my side, with her drooping head, which thrilled me with a curious sense of fear and icy horror, such as I had never felt before. I am not by nature imaginative, or inclined to superstition, but from the moment that young girl had entered the room, I felt as if a hand had been laid upon my heart, a cold iron hand, that was compressing it, and causing it to stop throbbing. My sense of hearing also had grown more acute and sensitive, so that the beating of the watch in my vest pocket sounded like the thumping of a quartz-crushing machine and the measured breathing of those about me as loud and nerve-disturbing as the snorting of a steam-engine. Only when I turned to look upon the trance-medium did I become soothed. Then it seemed as if a cold air-wave had passed through my brain, subduing, for the time being, those awful sounds. "'She is possessed,' whispered my host on the other side of me. "'Wait, and she will speak presently, and tell us whom we have got beside us.' As we sat and waited, the table moved several times under our hands, while knockings at intervals took place in the table and all round the room, a most weird and blood-curdling yet ridiculous performance, which made me feel half inclined to run out with fear, and half inclined to sit still and laugh. On the whole, I think, however, that horror had the more complete possession of me. Presently, she raised her head and laid her hand upon mine beginning to speak in a strange, monotonous, far-away voice. "'This is my first visit since I passed from earth-life, 
and you have called me here. I shivered as her hand touched mine, but had not strength to withdraw it from her light, soft grasp. I am what you would call a lost soul, that is, I am in the lowest sphere. Last week I was in the body, but met my death down Whitechapel way. I was what you call an unfortunate, aye, unfortunate enough. Shall I tell you how it happened? The medium's eyes were closed, and whether it was my distorted imagination or not, she appeared to have grown older, and decidedly debauched-looking since she sat down, or rather as if a light, filmy mask of degrading and soddened vice had replaced the former delicate features. No one spoke, and the trance-medium continued. I had been out all that day, and without any luck or food, so that I was dragging my wearied body along through the slush and mud, for it had been wet all day, and I was drenched to the skin, and miserable, ah, ten thousand times more wretched than I am now, for the earth is a far worse hell for such as I, than our hell here. I had importuned several passers-by as I went along that night, but none of them spoke to me, for work had been scarce all this winter, and I suppose I did not look so tempting as I have been. Only once a man answered me, a dark-faced, middle-sized man, with a soft voice, and much better dressed than my usual companions. He asked me where I was going, and then left me, putting a coin into my hand, for which I thanked him. Being just in time for the last public-house, I hurried up, but on going to the bar and looking at my hand, I found it to be a curious foreign coin, with outlandish figures on it, which the landlord would not take. So I went out again to the dark fog and rain, without my drink after all. There was no use going any further that night. I turned up the court where my lodgings were, intending to go home and get a sleep, since I could get no food, when I felt something touch me softly from behind, like as if someone had caught hold of my shawl. Then I stopped, and turned about to see who it was. I was alone, and with no one near me, nothing but fog and the half-light from the court-lamp. Yet I felt as if something had got hold of me, for I could not see what it was, and that it was gathering about me. I tried to scream out, but could not, as this unseen grasp closed upon my throat and choked me, and then I fell down and for a moment forgot everything. Next moment I woke up outside my own poor mutilated body, and stood watching the fell-work going on, as you see it now. Yes, I saw it all as the medium ceased speaking, a mangled corpse lying on a muddy pavement, and a demoniac, dark, pock-marked face bending over it, with the lean claws outspread, and the dense fog instead of a body, like the half-formed incarnation of muscles. This is what did it, and you will know it again, she said. I have come for you to find it. Is he an Englishman? I gasped, as the vision faded away and the room once more became definite. It is neither man nor woman, 
but it lives as I do. It is with me now, and maybe with you tonight. Still, if you will have me instead of it, I can keep it back. Only you must wish for me with all your might. The seance was now becoming too horrible, and by general consent our host turned up the gas, and then I saw for the first time the medium, now relieved from her evil possession, a beautiful girl of about nineteen, with I think the most glorious brown eyes I had ever before looked into. "'Do you believe what you have been speaking about?' I asked her, as we were sitting, talking together. "'What was that?' "'About the murdered woman. "'I don't know anything at all, "'only that I have been sitting at the table. "'I never know what my trances are.' "'Was she speaking the truth? "'Her dark eyes looked truth, "'so that I could not doubt her. "'That night, when I went to my lodgings, "'I must confess that it was some time "'before I could make up my mind to go to bed. "'I was decidedly upset and nervous, "'and wished that I had never—' gone to this spirit-meeting, making a mental vow, as I threw off my clothes and hastily got into bed, that it was the last unholy gathering I would ever attend. For the first time in my life I could not put out the gas. I felt as if the room was filled with ghosts, as if this pair of ghastly spectres, the murderer and his victim, had accompanied me home, and were at that moment disputing the possession of me. So, instead, I— pulled the bedclothes over my head, it being a cold night, and went that fashion off to sleep. Twelve o'clock, and the anniversary of the day that Christ was born. Yes, I heard it striking from the street spire, and counted the strokes, slowly told out, listening to the echoes from other steeples, after this one had ceased, as I lay awake in that gaslit room, feeling as if I was not alone this Christmas morn. Thus, while I was trying to think what had made me wake so suddenly, I seemed to hear a far-off echo cry, "'Come to me!' At the same time, the bedclothes were slowly pulled from the bed, and left in a confused mass on the floor. "'Is that you, Polly?' I cried, remembering the spirit's séance, and the name by which the spirit had announced herself, when she took possession— Three distinct knocks resounded on the bedpost at my ear, the signal for yes. Can you speak to me? Yes, an echo rather than a voice replied, while I felt my flesh creeping, yet strove to be brave. Can I see you? No. Feel you? Instantly the feeling of a light cold hand touched my brow, and passed over my face. In God's name, what do you want? To save the girl I was in tonight. It is after her, and will kill her, if you do not come quickly. In an instant I was out of the bed, and tumbling my clothes on anyway, horrified through it all, yet feeling as if Polly were helping me to dress. There was a Candian dagger on my table, which I had brought from Ceylon, an old dagger— which I had bought for its antiquity and design, and this I snatched up as I left the room, with that light unseen hand leading me out of the house, and along the deserted, snow-covered streets. I did not know where the trance-medium lived, but I followed where that light grasp led me through the wild, blinding snowdrift, round corners and through shortcuts, 
with my head down and the flakes falling thickly about me, until at last I arrived at a silent square, and in front of a house which by some instinct I knew that I must enter. Over by the other side of the street I saw a man standing looking up to a dimly lighted window, but I could not see him very distinctly, and I did not pay much attention to him at the time, but rushed instead up the front steps and into the house, that unseen hand still pulling me forward. How that door opened, or if it did open, I could not say. I only know that I got in, as we get into places in a dream, and up the inner stairs I passed into a bedroom, where the light was burning dimly. It was her bedroom, and she was struggling in the thug-like grasp of those same demon claws, and the rest of it drifting away to nothingness. I saw it all at a glance, her half-naked form with the disarranged bedclothes, as the unformed demon of muscles clutched that delicate throat, and then I was at it like a fury with my candian dagger, slashing crossways at those cruel claws and that evil face, while blood-streaks followed the course of my knife, making ugly stains, until at last it ceased struggling, and disappeared like a horrid nightmare, as the half-strangled girl, now released from that fell grip, woke up the house with her screams, while from her releasing hand dropped a strange coin, which I took possession of. Thus I left her, feeling that my work was done, going downstairs as I had come up, without impediment or even seemingly, in the slightest degree, attracting the attention of the other inmates of the house, who rushed in their nightdresses towards the bedroom, from whence the screams were issuing. Into the street again, with that coin in one hand, and my dagger in the other, I rushed, and then I remembered the man whom I had seen looking up at the window. Was he there still? Yes, but on the ground, in a confused black mass, amongst the white snow, as if he had been struck down. I went over to where he lay and looked at him. Was he dead? Yes. I turned him round, and saw that his throat was gashed from ear to ear, and all over his face, the same dark, pallid, pock-marked, evil face, and claw-like hands, I saw the dark slashes of my candian dagger, while the soft white snow around him was stained with crimson life pools, and as I looked I heard the clock strike one, while from the distance sounded the chant of the coming waits, then I turned, and fled blindly into the darkness. Hello ladies and gents, Ian here. Be sure to pop on over to our YouTube channel or Facebook page for regular updates. If you'd like to support our work, please consider taking a look at our Patreon or Bandcamp pages, or search for us on Audible. You'll find links to everything on our website, horrorbabble.com forward slash links.